0: Hey there. What's up, everybody? Welcome to Evoke Greatness. This podcast was created for those of you who, like me, are driven by their curious nature and fascination with the champion mindset. If you have an insatiable hunger for growth and knowledge, or maybe you're just curious on how some of the most successful people have navigated their journey, we share the ups and the downs, the highs and the lows, and all the lessons learned along the way. It doesn't matter what chapter you are on in your story. Maybe you're just getting started, or heck, maybe you're halfway through. What I know is where intention goes, energy flows. It's my most sincere hope that you will hear something in one or maybe many of these episodes that resonates with you and reminds you that you are not in this alone. As we venture into year two, I hope that you find a sense of connection and community when you're here because we all deserve a place where we belong. My name is Sunny and I am so glad you're here. If you're new, there's a few things you wanna know about me. I am a huge book nerd and a wee bit of a control enthusiast with an obsession for motivational coffee cups. I believe that a rising tide raises all ships and I invite you along in this journey to evoke greatness. Welcome back to another episode of Evoke Greatness. My guest today is Nancy Rizzuto, an accomplished entrepreneur, speaker, philanthropist, mentor, and faith-filled action leader with over 30 years leadership experience under her belt. She is also the founding partner and principal of Capstrat, an independent fiduciary investment and advisory firm that she launched back in 2003 with her two partners. She's also the founder of the Capstrat Women's Forum, a community created in 2015 to support the personal, professional, and financial success of women. Nancy's purpose, which she lives each day, is to serve and empower others, to take intentional action, to live a successful, abundant, and meaningful life. She is fiercely committed to educating and empowering others, especially women, to own their voices, act on their power, and to attain financial freedom so that they can live the lives of their dreams and create a meaningful legacy. And if there has been a better introduction ever in the history of this show, that is it. And that is probably why you and I connect so well is because I think we are very similar in that path and in those passions. So, Nancy, welcome.
1: Oh, Sunny, thanks so much. I'm delighted to be here. Uh, Really excited for this conversation. And just, you know, cheers to you and congratulations to you for the success of Evoke Greatness And just really, you know, helping women uh, tell their stories and amplify their voices. I am just thrilled to be here with you today.
0: Thank you so much. I appreciate you. Well, I would love for you to share. You know, I I constantly talk about how we are our current version of ourselves, but that's not the version we've always been. You know, there's been a journey that has led us to our current version. And so, what what's that been that journey for you that has led you to the Nancy you are today? Yeah,
1: it's that's a great question, and I think that you know a lot of people, you know, from a career perspective, ask how do you pick, how did you pick your career? And I think that my career really picked, uh, picked me. But you know, I'll step back even a little bit further before my career. So um, I, you know, was raised in, in New York. Um, you know, you can take the girl out of New York, but you can never take New York out of the girl. So if there are some words you hear when you're like, oh God. That's my New York accent, uh, which I uh, am very proud of. but I grew up uh, in New York City. I'm one of five children um, and I come really from a, a very male-dominated background. I really became a leader early on in my career because uh, one as one of five children, with four brothers and no sisters, I had to learn to lead, and I had to learn really to own my voice and my power, especially at the dinner table. If I wanted to eat, I had to be sure that I was, you know, first in line type of thing. Right. Um, so I come from really, I think it's a personal um, circumstance or or part of my background that I really think has been instrumental. In creating my character and who I am today. You know, both my parents came from male dominated backgrounds. They both came from fam- families with boys. Um, I have all brothers. Uh, I grew up in a male dominated industry. My dog is a male. <laughs> um, so it's just, you know, that has really been just so meaningful to me as I reflect on, you know, how, to your point, through my journey and who I've become today that all of that, as as blessed as I am to come from that background, it really taught me early on to stand up for myself, to own my voice, to be outspoken. Was I always that way? Yeah, probably not always. Um, But I think looking back, coming from, again, that family background and growing up in this industry, it really taught me that you know, we are all, we can, we are all powerful. And if we bring our bold on and our courageous selves, that there is so much that we can evolve into. So I started out after graduate school, uh, I started off my career in, in Manhattan. And because that's what you did in the late 80s, you went and went to work in Manhattan. And I started off in an industry that while I was grateful to get the experience, it wasn't Really, there weren't business models, or there were wasn't the type of um, of just environment that I thought I could thrive in. And again, when I got a, out of grad- graduate school, I had no business experience, so I, I took a job on this team doing tenant representation for um, you know commercial real estate in Manhattan. And you know, I'm a believer that you you get out of anything the investment you put in. So I learned as much in those six or seven years as I could. And then I, it was interesting. I took a really big pivot, which is, you know, that word that's trending these days, but I took a really big pivot um, one day uh, back in the late 80s, early 90s, and jumped from a career in commercial real estate to a small consulting firm doing benefit and compensation consulting work. I didn't even know what, benefit and compensation consulting was sunny, to be honest with you. But I met this amazing man one day for um, three hours on a Friday. And I don't know if this has ever happened to you or any of um, those in your audience. But when you just meet someone, and you know that that person was brought into your life, for a purpose and that you were supposed to do something, you don't know what, but you were so inspired by them in such a short period of time. So I met this gentleman, Bud Johnson, on a Friday uh, for three hours. He got on a plane and flew back uh, to uh, Seattle. And at uh, at the time I was married and I went home to my then husband and I said, hey, I'm gonna quit my job on Monday. And I'm going to call Bud Johnson and convince him to hire me because he is just someone I have to, like he was brought into my life and I have to work with him and learn from him. So on Monday morning, I walked into my office in, uh, in the General Motors building uh, in Manhattan and I called Bud and I said, I don't know if you remember me, but we spent three hours together on Friday. You need to hire me because if you're gonna build an office in Manhattan, you need somebody who knows Manhattan. And mm-hmm. I said, if you, if you hire me, I will build you an office. And it was just, you know, but it's interesting, uh, Sonny, because just a couple of weeks ago, Bud turned 84. And I posted something on um, LinkedIn because there isn't a day that goes by where I'm not grateful that he said yes. But the important part of the post and the important part of really what I want to convey is that I asked, I asked him to hire me and he took a shot on somebody who had no idea what benefit and compensation consulting was. And I had a lucrative job at such a young age. I was learning from the best in the commercial real estate industry but I knew in an instant I had to walk away from that, and I just came in on Monday morning, and I, you know, told my husband I was going to quit, um, and I brought, pulled up my, you know, big girl pants, and I brought my courage and my bold self, and I called this man, and said, "You need to hire me," and he said yes, and so you know, it's important that that was such a that changed the trajectory of my life and my professional career. And, you know, at that day and age when the word ally was not even trending, we didn't know we needed allies. We didn't know what they were. You know, he was an ally in every sense of the word. So, you know, that journey that really started my journey and it's not, there's not a moment, a day that goes by that I don't, don't, you know, turn back. I don't regret any part of working with him, you know, for six years. And I was empowered. I was trusted. I was challenged. I was championed. I was supported. He talked about me in a positive way in rooms where I wasn't I mean just all of that. yeah, And someone had commented on the LinkedIn post that we need more Bud Johnsons. But we also need more women to make the ask. That's right. And I remember thinking back, even thinking back then, I'm like, what can he say? No. Right. That's the worst. Yeah. What's the worst, you know? And if you don't ask, the answer is always no. So I'm like, I'm just going to ask. And I hadn't resigned yet. So if he said no, I still (laughs) had a job, you know? But I had this gut feeling that he felt the same way, and um, you know, so it was really just, as I said, that changed just the whole direction of not only my career but really of my life. And so I was really grateful for that. And then you know, the journey really continued. Um, You know, as I was working for uh, for Bud Johnson, we were, I think, we had about ten or eleven offices across the country. Uh, New York City was the 12th and I think by the fifth year prior to our acquisition by a large broker dealer, we were the most profitable office uh, in the firm. So when I was one, I was grateful that I was one of three individuals within the company who was named a principal in the last year prior to its acquisition. So it was just, an, it was a life-changing experience in, you know, in every sense of the word. It was fulfilling personally and professionally. Um, So that was just really, I wish more women had that, you know, experience and that opportunity. And then, you know, things changed a little bit. So that firm, uh, Bud, you know, was retiring and the firm was acquired by a large uh, national or actual global broker dealer. And uh, we were held, I was held to a retention agreement and it was interesting, the four years, because I saw a completely different business model as a professional. And again, my mindset was, I'll get out of it, what I put into it, right? Um, But it, it also taught me part about, you know, partly about my character, my values at the time. You know, I saw things within that four years that I didn't want to be, Uh, I didn't want to align myself with, it was just a different way of, of doing business. And, you know, it was really sunny, a paycheck,
0: Mm. but
1: not a purpose. Yeah. And I was very mindful at the time that I wanted purpose, not just a paycheck. And I mean, I had to pay the bills and stuff like that, but I just didn't want to grind it out and get to a point down the road where I was like, what just happened? Who have I become? You know, my values and my purpose aren't aligned. And um, so after those four years, I had the only thing that was good that came out of the four years where I met my two partners today. And we do have the same values. We do you know, just have the same beliefs, the same principles. You know, the way we we conduct ourselves in the office is the same way we conduct ourselves outside of the office. So, with these two people that I met, well, actually, one of them was my business partner at the consulting firm as well. But our third business partner we met at at this global uh, broker dealer. We just figured, well, they can do it, we can do it. So, we again took that leap of faith. Yeah. Or I took that leap of faith with these two people that I so believed in, uh, my business partners, uh, Will and Barbara. And 19 years ago, actually 20 years next year, um, we started our own consulting firm. And um, so, you know, that was a crazy leap of faith for me because not only was I going through a professional transition there were also aspects of my personal life uh that were very much in transition as well i had recently gone through a divorce um you know being the only girl in a catholic family going to have to tell your mother and father about that Eh, didn't sit you know it was supportive but it was i think as scary as the leap of faith of losing leaving a lucrative job again and starting something from scratch. Um, And so it, but it was so exciting. And I think that as I think about it, looking back, um, and those people who know me know that I would not have taken that leap of faith. There was tremendous risk in it. Mm -hmm. And I wish more women would lean into that risk and lean into their belief in themselves. There wasn't a fiber in my body that ever said we would not build a sustainable business. And here we are 19 years later. Um, Lots of failures along the way. Sure. Lots of them. But, you know, here we are. And, um, you know, I'm one of those people that wakes up every day, Sonny, and says, I love what I do. I love who I get to do it with, meaning my colleagues, and I love the clients that we have the privilege of serving. So I am very much about purpose and fulfillment right now in my life and helping others like you are, you know, find theirs as well. And it has been the journey of a lifetime.
0: That is amazing. And it it sounds like the leap of faith. The leaning into courage and even if you don't know what the outcome is going to be has kind of been a theme throughout these kind of different chapters of your life that have led you to the next. And I think the willingness to lean in and figure that out, the willingness to risk this, something could go wrong, right? But something could also go right. Yeah. It has probably been what has laid the bricks of the foundation of your path.
1: Yeah, I think that's very accurate. And, you know, um, one of my favorite sayings is um, one of my favorite quotes, which is right up on my vision board here, is that uh, active faith steps out on its beliefs and risks failure because it assumes you will succeed. And what's I think the most important aspect of that quote is the word active, but the word act, you know, and. You're, it is you know if if I am not uncomfortable, I am not learning and I am not growing I am not good with complacency and stagnation and stuff um, but active faith and my faith is very important to me not my religion, but my faith in women like yourself, my faith in myself my faith in our women's forum community. My faith, just my faith in humanity. Yeah. And I wish, and I hope, and I encourage more women to really step into, you know, that those leaps because, and you know, Wayne Gretzky has a saying that you miss a hundred percent of the shots you never take. Right. And so, you know, you're, you're bright, you're strong, you're talented Take the leap of faith because, and believe that you will land on your feet. It may be one foot to start, right? Or you may be on your tippy toes, but you will be planted and land on your feet. And, but the, the, I think the, the thing that really resonated with me back then was I don't want to look back five years and say, I shoulda, woulda, coulda.
0: Yeah. You know? Yeah, absolutely. So. I, I'm curious, as you think about kind of these these different chapters of your life, when did you come to that place? You met your two business partners, and then you have the business that you have today. What was that aha moment where, or that light bulb moment where you said, okay, we are going to create this business and to do financial advisory and investment, and and this is going to be that idea that we're going to take and run? Mm-hmm. Well,
1: I think at the, at the time, so our backgrounds really are as pension consultants. So, okay. back then, pensions were a thing, and then as everybody froze their pensions and and kind of a lot of them, um, you know, were transitioned to defined contribution schemes. You know, we were working at this again large global company, and we saw that there was really a gap. Um, you know, entrepreneurs start a business to solve a problem, right? So we saw this that there was a gap of, you know, mid-sized companies wanting great consulting, you know, great client service and transparency without paying billable hours of large global consulting firms. They wanted really somebody to sit at the same side of the table as them as a fiduciary and just have exceptional expertise You know, they wanted a strategic partner, not just a consultant, but a strategic partner who would allow them to really focus on the success of their business while we focused on the success of, you know, their retirement plans or their foundations or endowments and things like that. So we saw a gap and we thought, well, if, if they can do it, we can do it. And I think that was that was the aha moment. And in those four years at that company, and we just from being in the industry for a period of a period of time, by then, it was all about transactions. It was all about billable hours. It was not about long term strategic partnerships. And we just thought that we could totally fill that gap. And I think there's, you know, I'd heard a stat that, you know, uh, you know, if an entrepreneur is going to fail, it's going to be within the first two or three years or something like that. And we figured, what do we have to lose? And I had, again, such deep belief in this vision. The vision was, so my business partner, Will, is crazy awesome at vision and being able to articulate it. And. He is exceptional at what he does. Barbara's exceptional at what she does. I'm exceptional at what I do. And so we had really all the components. Um, and so it was really that belief that hey, there are mid-sized companies out there who would hire us, you know, on a flat fee, not billable hours, to solve a problem, so they can be better at what they do and not worry about these more kind of ancillary or administrative things within their companies. And so that was the, uh, the aha moment was there's a need, we can fill it. That was the aha moment. And it didn't happen overnight, you know? Um, So, but I think that was really the aha moment.
0: Well, and I love how you, how you touch on the unique talents, right? We are each uniquely qualified to do whatever it is that we do. And I, and, and it sounds like you took your three unique talents and what you were experts at. And those really have to kind of be in a dance with one another in order to come together and create this future vision as you guys were doing it in the moment.
1: Yeah, it is very, it's, that's very true. We are all very different people. We are all very different personalities But we felt like you just feel that sense of flow Um, when we got together. We felt that sense of flow in, again, what we were trying to create, in what talents and skills and experiences we would each bring to the table. And we just truly had, you know, just a depth of belief in each other. And, And we've had ups and downs you know, we've had arguments, um, you know, we've not agreed on certain things, but in the end for us, the decision has always come down to one thing and that's our clients. And, you know, for that, we are all on the same page. So, but it also, honestly, it makes it fun when you get a chance to debate and to, you know, just talk things through, um so that's been really just fu- as fulfilling as you know everything that has gone so smoothly over the years it hasn't
0: always been like that and it sounds like maybe you recognized another delta and this is an assumption but in your creation of the women's forum my guess or my assumption is that you recognized a delta that needed to be filled around creating this space for women to get mm. together Mm -hmm. And so tell me what that was like. What, what was it that, that you said, Hmm, you know what, I recognize something here and I want to act on it.
1: Yeah, it's a great question. Um, A lot of people ask us, you know, what was kind of the catalyst for the women's forum? And I think it was a couple of things, Sunny. Um, You know, the first, you know, back when we were formulating the idea of creating this community at the time, half of the owners of our firm were women. Now, we're a financial services firm, not really heard of, and very unique, Um, and I'm proud to say that today, 70% of our associates are women, Um, and we were really, really mindful of that, that that was not just the fact that half of our owners were women, that was really something that we didn't want to just, you know, profess and be proud of that to us was a call to action that we have been so fortunate that we have this thriving consulting firm that we've got half of the owners of our women that's call to action we have to do something to pull like your i know on your website in all of your podcasts you know the rising tide lifts all boats that we had to pull other women behind us and and I'll be truthful um so that was there were really three things that were the inspiration for the women's forum. That was the first the second was when I was at a different company decades ago, um, I asked two women to mentor me and I was told no. And this was, in, you know, early nineties. Um, and it was a flat out no on uh, both sides. It wasn't a no, let me introduce you to Sunny. She's a better fit or, hey, I don't have the bandwidth right now, come back in six months or, you know, whatever. It was no. And I'll be truthful that at the time, you know, I was an emerging leader and I didn't think about it. I'm like, oh, okay, they don't have time. And I went on my merry way. I'm like, I'll figure it out for myself. I had a crazy work ethic and I was just like, I'll go bring my bold and courageous and again, figure it out for myself. And it wasn't until Will Barber and I was sitting around in 2014 thinking about the women's forum that i'm like it dawned on me i'm like oh my god they said no a woman asked another woman for support she said no but at the time that's how it was on wall street it was all about com- you know competition and not collaboration it was elbows out one seat at the table i'm sitting here and nobody else can be here that has to stop It has to stop. And I think it is because of podcasts like Evoke Greatness and communities like the Women's Forum. It has to stop. I do not have children, but I do not want one of my nieces. I don't want one of my goddaughters. I don't want the little girl across the street to grow up and ask another woman for help and be told no. That to me is unacceptable. So I'm a big fan of Madeleine Albright. And I do believe that there's a special place in hell for women who don't support other women. Amen. So, <laughs> um, but that was a personal experience. And, you know, honestly, a decade and a half later or two decades later, it dawned on me. I'm like, oh my God, they said no. Um, and then the third inspiration for the women's forum was really that back in 2015, 2014, 2015, networking was icky, you know? it was handing out business cards and having a transactional or really surface level conversation with somebody. And, and it was just icky. And, you know, some people think it still is, but I think that's changing slightly. Mm -hmm. So we really wanted to create a community, a safe environment where women could professional women could come and share their strengths as well as their weaknesses to feel safe being vulnerable, to feel safe asking for help, to offer help. Um, and I like to say without any shame, regret, fear, embarrassment, because we all carry something. Right. So, you know, the acceptance aspect of the Women's Forum, you come as you are. And um, it was really you know, that third leg that really inspired us to to start the Women's Forum, to create a place where women could come and have authentic conversations, meaningful conversations, not with 20 women, not with 10 women, maybe with one or two women, and then you go off and explore what does support look like? How can you help each other in the office or out of the office? So that was really, and we believe, you know, our mission at the Women's Forum is to support the success of women, their personal, their professional, and their financial success, because we believe that money is power and that women need more of both. Oof,
0: I got goosebumps with that. (laughs) (laughs) I am of very much of the same philosophy in that Mm -hmm. I think that's the right thing to do but even yeah. f- even to f- go farther into it I think that we need to we as women need to embrace that it's a sense of, I have a sense of responsibility totally around totally. this and I would not be where I am if it weren't for people who saw something in me who took chances on me that I didn't see I had no awareness of and yeah. they put these pavers out in front of me and i grew a little more each time and i failed and i learned and i grew and so i have that same sense of responsibility around the fact that we have to make sure that we gather around each other and support each Absolutely. other in in ways where we have the sense of self awareness where we ha- where we share authentically where we talk about our mistakes and our missteps in hopes that others can learn the lesson through us sharing it versus them having to go through it firsthand. Through it again. Yeah, totally. And it's interesting
1: because um, it's, you know, we learn from every experience. And I know, you know, you and I met through, through Chief and, you know, there are so many women uh, in Chief having, you know, great conversations. And if we can learn just one thing from each other, again, in complete acceptance, you know, um, that is so powerful and we're going and, you know, we're leading by example for the, for the women behind us. Um, but yeah, and it's, it's about, you know, being uncomfortable. It's about being vulnerable, And really just exactly what you're doing here is just getting out and amplifying our voices and sharing our stories. And and again, owning our power at work, at home and around our wealth.
0: Right, absolutely. Support for Evoke Greatness is brought to you by Manscaped, the best in grooming. Manscaped offers precision engineered tools for all of your shaving and personal grooming needs. Manscaped recently launched the ultimate hygiene bundle for you men or for the man in your life. It's called the Performance Package. Help him join over 7 million men worldwide who trust Manscaped with this exclusive offer. It's 20% off and free worldwide shipping with the code sunny 20s S-O-N-N-I-E 20. So this performance package, it has everything in it. You've got the Lawnmower 4.0 trimmer the Weed Whacker Ear and Nose Hair Trimmer, the Down There Deodorant and Toner, even a pair of Performance Boxer Briefs, and a travel bag for him to hold all those goodies or yours if you steal it like I do with my husband's. The holidays are coming up, and this would make a great gift. I know my husband is a huge fan of Manscaped. So get 20% off and free shipping with the code SUNNY20 at manscaped.com. That's 20% off and free shipping at manscaped.com with the code SUNNY20, onnie e two zero. Unlock his confidence and always use the right tools for the job with Manscaped. Well, hopping back into the, into your company, you do something, you guys collectively do something really interesting to me that as we were talking about, it like struck a chord with me because I'm, I'm, I hold such importance around culture in the workplace. Mm -hmm. And I Mm -hmm. think culture is that feeling that you get when you walk in the office, right? You, You can call culture something, but if it is not interwoven into the fibers of the company, it isn't really the culture, right? It's the, it's, it's the feel it's the emphasis that others want it to be, but it's really not the culture. And, and so you guys do something called a culture club meeting Mm -hmm. and you started this four or five years ago. Can you share what that is and what actually happens in that? Because I'm, I'm intrigued. I'm, I'm fascinated by it.
1: Yeah. So we did, we started about four or five years ago And I think it was really an opportunity for us as, you know, as owners of the firm to invest in the personal and professional development of our associates Um, because, you know, we don't want them to just come to work. We want them to want to come to work. Um, I think about the fact, Sunny, that, you know, this is where we spend 75% of our lives or 65% or whatever the number is. And we definitely believe in hiring character and in teaching skill, but we also wanted to foster an environment and a culture that really supported the principles, beliefs, and behaviors as us as professionals, as well as us as consultants. So we started uh, about four or five years ago, having a, a firm wide call. Every, I think it's every Friday or it it ebbs and flows uh, depending on schedules. And we talk about a whole host of things. We talk about everything from gratitude to client service to the importance of transparent communication, how to build trust with each other and with our clients Yesterday, I led one on a year how to go through a year-end reflection process, not just about your pers- your professional accomplishments and what you did at work, but also personally, and probably more importantly, because I think what we what we think is if we invest in the hope in the person outside of work, they will bring them be- their best selves to work, and that will just kind of emanate out. To their colleagues and to our clients. So we spend, as I said, a certain amount of, you know, I think it's a half hour, 40 minutes on just a whole bunch of topics. And we often let, you know, the junior partners or others within the firm lead it so they have some ownership in it. And it has really been life changing. And it's not only you can see how you know, all of these various topics are impacting them personally as well, again, as professionally, how they're bringing some of the lessons and learning objectives home to share with their families. So we think it's just, you know, really important, again, to invest as in them as people. And it's something that has really changed and elevated the dynamics of our firm. And as I said, we talk about a whole bunch of topics. Some of them are uncomfortable, um, but we think very necessary. you know if you're uncomfortable, that's good. again, you're learning and growing. And you know we have just a great culture of it you know doesn't matter. We just want to get better. And uh, so that's our culture. and it is probably one of the most important things about us as a firm and important to, um, our colleagues as well, my colleagues as well.
0: I love that. And I love that all of the things that we've touched on have really been a display of your commitment Mm. to helping others around you grow and lean into. And I think that is, gosh, I, I think people would, People would kill for that kind of culture nowadays. You know, we hear so much about quiet quitting. We hear things about uh, the numbers in in executive women leaving organizations right right now is on a real upward trajectory. And when we can shift that focus back to being purposeful and intentional in what we believe in personally and professionally, you know, it doesn't have to live light years away. They don't have to be two separate entities. And I love, exactly. I love how you beautifully blend both of those personally and professionally. Yeah. And, you know, purpose is
1: so, you know, is something that is, has become so important um, to me over the last few years. You know, I am admittedly one of those women who has found the sil- silver lining over the last few years and i'm taking that grace and all of that and, and and you know moving forward with it and and using it and in, including it and incorporating it into my life you know purpose my purpose i have a purpose statement which you read at the beginning which is to serve and inspire others to take intentional action uh, to create and live a successful abundant and meaningful life and everything i do i think really has to align with my purpose. I have gone through a core values kind of investment in myself of, you know, service, faith, um, well-being, and and peace, service, love, and well-being. And so every action I take in my life, I try to pause and be self-aware and be sure that my purpose and my values are aligned with that. But so many women I know these days are really looking for that fulfillment, especially as, you know, they're women of my demographic who are thinking about, you know, what's next? You know, I'm five to 10 years out from my post-professional life. So how do I transform? How do I transition? You know, my purpose and the work that I've done over the last, this is my 35th year of my professional career into that next phase so i can continue to contribute to humanity so i can continue to make an impact um but it's not you know it my purpose um is so embedded within me um because it's something serving and inspiring others is what gives me fulfillment
0: yeah well it, that's crystal clear and um i i can't wait to the end for you to share where people can find you just because I, I really want people to hear the words that you're saying that come to life in what you do. Yeah. Yeah. You know,
1: it's in the one thing that I'm, you know, this part of my work or my work is really a calling now, you know, it's not a career. It's really a calling and I will continue to do this work, um, you know, well into however long everybody will have me. Um, but, I really encourage women to listen to their intuition. I think that one of our greatest gifts, one of the greatest gifts a woman has is her intuition Mm. and to, you know, to your point, to lean into, you know, what's speaking to you. And if you need support, you know, reach out to, to other women, perhaps going through the same thing or who have gone through the same thing Because there is so much, so much that all of us have to contribute. And to your point earlier, we need one another. Right. You know, we so
0: need one another. 100%. Well, this next topic is something that I have really, really wanted to talk more about and haven't necessarily had the expert as I have today Mm. to talk through. I think women and money is not a conversation that's had a lot. Mm. And more importantly, you know, as you mentioned, you and I are part of Chief. And so these are senior and executive level women. And the topics that aren't talked about, you know, as I was coming up through the ranks, the topics that were not talked about were, hey, what happens when you have an an equity payout? What do you do? Right? Right. And so I would love just in that space, I would love for you to share maybe a, a couple of Takeaways, what are some things that women should know about when it comes to their finances, when it comes to investing or saving or just general direction on what that looks like or means to a senior executive level woman?
1: Yeah, well, it's interesting because I think that there are definitely things that all women need to get right. Um, you know, as I said earlier, I believe when I said that money is power and women need more of both. And what I mean by that is power in that it gives women the freedom to make choices in their lives that are in their best interest and the best interest of those they love. And and that could be everything, you know, anything from, you know, they want to buy a second home or they need to care for aging parents mm-hmm. or they want to send their kids to the college of their choice regardless of cost or they want to start a foundation or they want to step back from work two years earlier, or in some cases they want to leave a bad relationship and they have the financial resources to take themselves and their children out of that relationship safely. So that's what I mean when I say that money is power. And it's interesting that um, there's a statistic that says that 61% of women, Sunny, would rather talk about their own death than money, right? Right. So, you know, because we all, the majority of us come from, can't talk about money, it's crass, it's impolite, it's rude, you know, type of thing. But we think talking about money is smart. Um, And, you know, because it helps you break your money silence. It helps you change your thought patterns. It helps you change your internal narratives when you talk about money, whether that's with, you know, a friend, a colleague, a family member. And it also kind of takes the elephant out of the room um, if you've never, if you and your spouse or partner don't normally talk about money. So but there are some things that all women need to get right, regardless of where you are um, in your, um, uh, on your own journey. And those are, these are the couple things. So um, we always encourage women to know your numbers and, and you would be surprised That when we talk to women, that there are a lot of senior leaders who don't participate the full amount to their 401k or don't have an emergency fund or whatever it may may be. So as elementary as these may sound, they're really good reminders. So the first is everybody should know their numbers, meaning what you earn and what you spend. And every woman should have a budget of Mm -hmm. some sort because it helps really hold you accountable for where your money is going. A lot of times when, when individuals or couples come in and meet with us, they were like first, a lot of times the first thing they say is I have no idea where my money goes. Well, and do you have a budget? So have a budget, really have a budget. The second is be sure that you're avoiding debt. You know, I mean, some debt is good. We get that, but the debt that's not good are those direct credit cards like a Macy's or Nordstrom's or the Ulta or whatever. And you know, you pay a hundred dollars for that black pair of shoes, who needs black shoes, black pumps anymore, but you pay a hundred dollars. You don't pay it off. Those, that pair of shoes becomes $200. So direct credit card debt is never good. We always encourage people to pay that off. The third thing is have an emergency fund. We encourage people to have between three to six months of expenses set aside in cash, Um, but be sure, it's really important, be sure you don't have too much set aside in cash. You know, if you have excess cash and you've got debt, pay down the debt. If you've got no debt, amen. But if you have excess cash and, you know, you can earn more and invest it, go ahead and invest. Use a systematic approach to regularly investing, even in create, you know, markets like this, because it's not so much about the amount that you're investing, but that you have a process to invest on a regular basis. So it's really about the behavior is what I'm Mm -hmm. saying. The next, and probably most of your listeners are doing this, automate your savings. You know, if the money doesn't go in your pocket, it's not, you know, you're not going to reach into it. So whether that means, you know, to your 401k, to um, an emergency fund, to your child's 529, to your HSA, whatever that is, automatically move that money into those various buckets. And then the last, which a lot of women don't think about, this is kind of often a kick the can down the road. I'll get to it one day. Is every woman should have an estate plan. Mm. Every woman and that's a will powers of attorney for healthcare and property. And in some cases a trust, but you know, it's, I think about the importance of a will because here we are working so hard, you know, we are working so hard. We're thriving. You know, we've got our heads down on the success of our company. And I would imagine a lot of your readers are in that wealth accumulation stage of their life. So they're saving, we hope. you got to protect it, right? You've got to protect it. It was interesting. I spoke to a woman a few years ago who, she and her husband had four children and they had no will. They had no guardianship for their children. They had no powers of attorney. And when I asked her, I'm like, what happens if you and Joe get hit by a bus, God forbid, or whatever? And her response was, "Oh, my sister's going to get the kids." And, and it's like, "No, no, no. They go into the system unless you can produce a document saying that your sister gets them. Her sister would eventually get them, right. but you know, think, you know this is one day I'll get there, one day I'll get there, one day I'll get there." And to be honest with you, my brother was that that way, and he's an attorney, and it's just like he's like, "Well, I didn't like this or I didn't like that about." who, who they wanted to deem as guardians. And I'm like, not about you. This is about your kids. Right. So protect your wealth, protect your legacy, protect your children. Because if you don't have an estate plan, some random probate judge is probably going to be the person who makes those decisions for you. And when we talk, Sonny, about owning our power, this is one of those times where we get to make decisions about how we want our wealth passed, how mm-hmm. who we want to take care of our loved ones, and what kind of legacy we want to leave and then to your point about you know just windfalls, inheritance, so on, um, we really encourage the first thing you should do is is have a conversation with your partner partner spouse, whatever, but then seek advice from your financial advisor really, and to talk about. What is the best way to deploy and use that new founded wealth so that it is working for you and and not against you? So it's really depends on the individual situation, but the best thing to do is really to seek out professional support.
0: Yeah, no, completely agree. But I love, I love each of those areas that you touched on. And and even, you know, as you think about it, I think back to my view or perspective on 401k, right? Uh, employee contributed 401k or employee match. And I used to think, gosh, well, I don't want that extra taken out of my check. And, and it's so funny to think back to that's probably been, I don't know, 14 or 15 years ago that but to think today where it's like okay I want not only am I maxing the amount <laughs> to come out for my 401k but if you have an an employer who matches oh that's, free money that is free money and if you can max those two things out you are setting yourself up for your future goals right it's not Absolutely. about today this is this is a long game um, but I, I love that though. I love those topics that you hit on because I think those are incredibly important. And I think we, we as women need to think more seriously about the future. Yeah.
1: yeah. And because
0: it's interesting
1: and I'll just add one more financial thing because you mentioned the for, the importance of the forum k and the free money. So a health savings account. Um, is another vehicle that is probably even has greater value, continue to do the 401k, but there's great value in a health savings account. And here's why. I will say there are two caveats about this. So a health savings account, you have to belong to a high deductible health care plan to participate in one. And when you take money out of it, it has to be used for qualified medical expenses. But here is why these vehicles, investment vehicles are so important. They offer a triple, triple tax benefit. And here's what I mean by that. The money goes in tax-free, Sonny. It grows tax-free and it comes out tax-free. So long as, again, you belong to high deductible and it's qualified medical expenses. And to your point, sometimes employee employers will match or contribute to an HSA. Right. You never pay taxes on that. So just, you know, just and as we come up on, I'm not sure when this um, podcast will drop, but um, for most companies, we're just about stepping into or in the middle of open enrollment season. So check those out. If your company offers a high deductible and, and it's within your budget, contribute and participate in an HSA.
0: Yeah, no, excellent, excellent takeaways. I am curious, you've talked a lot about as you were sharing your journey into the current version of yourself, Mm -hmm. but I always love to know what was a piece of advice or lesson that your parents put in you that you, you know, that was just something so meaningful to you as you, as you have grown in life?
1: I think that, you know, as I started out, I come from a male dominated family, but my mother was... Extremely vocal, she was um, outspoken, and I and my mother. Her so our values are a little bit similar. Um, My mother lived her life based on three values: Uh, a deep sense of gratitude, optimism. My mother always saw a glass as half full, and also just her just unwavering faith. And those are th- three things that I inherited that I'm I'm grateful for, but I think the piece of advice that my mother gave me, and, and my father supported as well, but she had said that my goal in life is simply to be happy, mm. and you know that happy and and that happiness is a choice. It's nobody else's responsibility to make me happy. Happiness is my responsibility, and happiness is a choi- choice choice. And that, you know, again, going to them, telling them I was going to uh, get a divorce was certainly upsetting to them, sure. but I'll never forget their response was, you know, we just want you to be happy. And, you know, we are amidst, um, in amidst here in this life. And so, you know, happiness can be fleeting, but I think that's really what my parents instilled in me is that my happiness matters and my happiness is up to me
0: is it mm. is my choice i love that thank you for sharing that yeah of course well i um as we're wrapping up i number one i just i want to have you back on because there oh. like we didn't even scrape into the questions that i had just because i love that the platform that is evoke greatness is one that is organic and conversational. And, and so it's not always about these scripted questions. And I think you have so much gold in your story and so much of a wealth of information to share with others. And so I would love to have you back on another time so that we can, you know, even get into more of the questions. But I also, I just want to, I want to acknowledge you for the incredible work that you've done. Mm. Truly, truly, I have such a sense of admiration and respect for you. And hearing your story elevates that even more just because I think you ha- you're you a prime and beautiful example of someone who has leaned in and used your voice and owned your power. And I, I hope that more people learn that at a younger age. I think oftentimes yeah. there are people who yeah. live most of their life before they really discover that or step into it. And so I'm relatively new to discovering it and stepping into it. And so I just want to acknowledge you for all the work that you've done. The fact that you are creating these opportunities for women to be and, and hear and connect with one another is a wonderful thing wonderful platform you've created, the Women's Forum. So I'm so grateful for you.
1: (laughs) Well, thank you. And the the feeling is so mutual, Sunny. And I have to say, you make it very easy to talk with you and to show up, you know, showing up as our best selves is also a choice. But when you have someone on the opposite end, as talented and gracious and authentic as you are... Honestly, I could sit here for a few hours and talk to you, but I am equally as inspired by what you're doing at Evoke Greatness and how you are really helping women, you know, step up and share their stories because everyone, everyone has something that humanity needs. So thank you so much to you for what you're doing and keep going.
0: Thank you. Thank you. Well, I want to give you the opportunity to share where everyone can find you, where they can connect with you, get more information, join the Women's Forum, do do anything they can to be a part of the world that you're living in. Oh,
1: thanks so much. Sure. So I think the best place to learn about the Women's Forum is to go to our website, which is capstratwomensforum.com. And I know you'll have it in the show notes. So hard for probably people to figure out the spelling. So thanks uh, for putting that in in the notes. And then if you want to become educated and engaged more, perhaps in just learning about the markets and finances and investments, go to our Capstrat website and to learn more about us or our YouTube channel where we post short videos, which are really meant to, are not technical, but really meant to just, again, educate individuals out there. And for me personally, I'd love for your audience to connect with me through LinkedIn, probably the best place to, to find me. I do also have an Instagram um, that has some of our content on it from the women's forum, but it's probably a little bit more personal, but you're welcome to connect with me um, there as well. And then if anybody wants to learn more, you're welcome to email me as well.
0: Wonderful. And, and as you said, I'll put all that in the show notes and I'm just grateful for our time together today, Nancy. Thank you.
1: Yeah, Sunny, thanks so much. And again, thank you so much for all you do.
0: It was a pleasure to be here with you today. Thank you so much for listening and for being here. I hope you'll stick around. If you liked this episode, please take a minute and rate and review the podcast or share it with someone who you know may need to hear this message. I love to hear from you all, and I want you to know that you can leave me a voicemail directly. If you go to my website, evokegreatness.com, and go to the Contact Me tab, you'll just hit that big old orange button and record your message. I love the feedback and comments that I've been getting, so please keep them coming. I'll leave you with the wise words of Dwayne Johnson. Success is not always about greatness. It's about consistency. Consistent hard work leads to success. Greatness will come.